Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we encourage, inform, and support, well, shades inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on their journey toward publication. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Christina Katane, and I write multiple genres, including Christian dystopian fiction. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Rhonda Hagerman, and I write fiction and nonfiction under the pen name D.D. Bowman. Good morning, everyone. And apparently I am out of practice with this. And so <laughs> I didn't even notice. So okay. probably where you were the only one. Well, we want to say, first of all, good morning to Shell. She's the first person to comment this morning. Good morning. Glad to have you here, Shell. Thanks for tuning in for all of you that are here live. Uh, we really, really enjoy our chat and the people that show up every Friday to share with us and to encourage us as well. But if you are listening to this as a podcast, we appreciate you as well. We have um, more than 50% of our audience is podcast only, and we really appreciate you. So if you like what you hear, if you appreciate what we're doing here, we would love it if you would just hit every button possible. Possible. Subscribe, like, share this with your friends. That's the only way we're going to grow this community of like-minded writing believers. Jason's here is here as well. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Liz. Glad to have you here today. And Piper, good morning! Exclamation! I think somebody is doing voice to text. <laughs> All right, so we'd like to start each one of our episodes with a segment that we call our "What's Up." And it's time for us to share what's happening in our daily lives. Um, and I'm going to start with, uh, how about you, Tina? What's up with you? Um. Well, I'm getting ready to go on a trip, and I'm kind of excited about going to see my mom and getting my fix of the Pacific Northwest. Yay. I would love to visit that area. I love the Pacific Northwest. And um, so I went and got my hair did. Actually, my hair person came to my house and did my hair. But well, I always wanted to say, I like to say I went and got my hair did for some reason. It looks mm-hmm. great. We love it. We talked about it before. Yeah. We went live. It's oh, very thanks. Cute. So I don't know. I guess that's it. I'm just getting ready for this trip and that's okay. not nothing. You're going to see your mommy. I am going to see my mom. Yes. It was so yeah. funny. She sent me um, a text and said, tell Bob, that's my husband, to bring work clothes. Oh, <laughs> and wow. she, said, okay. oh. she said, yard work clothes, not shopping work clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. Because my husband, um, he's a pastor, but for to make money... <laughs> He does um, shipped S H I P T, where you grocery shop for people and deliver the groceries to their house. So that's why she said that. All right, cool. Uh, Tina, when is the last time that you saw your mom in person? <sighs> Let me think. I think it was um, when we went to Minnesota that time for my uncle's birthday. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure. Years. Yeah, it's maybe four. Oh, wow. All right. Well, how about I you, Rhonda? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I also have been doing a little traveling. I went to go visit my little Jamie. Yeah, it was Florida. a surprise. Yes. This is um, a great story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so my mom and her friend needed help driving down to Florida. So I drove them down there. And um, thankfully, she only lives 16 miles from Jamie. So that worked out really, really great. So I drove them down there, got them all um, settled and um, left immediately. And uh, I'll be headed back down there. Oh, we got to visit Jamie um, at her work. And that was a lot of fun. She's really good at what she does. Everybody, everything she does, she's really good. I actually always. Yep. Um, And then, uh, so I'll be going back down there next week to driving back home. And uh, I I get to spend a day or two on the beach that time though. So it was so funny because she was driving down to see me well not to see me but that was it was going to be like a surprise and we were having a meeting while she was driving down and everybody else she was riding just everybody knows yeah 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 Uh uh-huh and she was so she was taking the meeting from like the back seat or something well Jen and Tina heard the GPS saying that she was in Georgia and stuff like that. I didn't. I just was hearing wah, wah, in the background. I didn't know if it was people talking or someone listening mm-hmm. to an audiobook, And I like tuned it out. And the other two totally knew and were in on it that she was actually heading all the way down here to see me because it's a long way, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And plus, so we it really did a out- mind trick with me. Like, how are you here? <laughs> <laughs> We've knew, known for I'm a while. Seen- 
Rhonda started a, a convo on Facebook with just Tina and I and said, I need you guys to help me find out what time Jamie works on Thursday. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, no problem. So we had to reschedule our re- original business meeting. And then I said, so then I go on and I said, just in case we have to reschedule this one, can we have a backup plan like for Thursday? And Jamie's like, why do we need a backup plan? And I'm like, well, <laughs> like, she's like, she was, all right, fine. Three o'clock will work. And clearly Jamie was busy doing something else. Was like that wasn't enough. I needed to know what time. She, well, okay. So then anytime after three, she's like, no. And just said, no. And then she's like, I already told you that I have to work. And I'm like, just tell me what time you work. By the end of the conversation, I know Jamie was like up to here with me. Like, what is her problem? Leave me alone. I'm busy. <laughs> but we finally got it out of her. And then, yeah, we were all in the meeting and we hear that she's in Georgia, but I have like a million windows open and I couldn't find the window that our meeting was in so that I could mute Rhonda and Rhonda didn't realize she wasn't muted. I'm just like, I'm messaging her like, oh, I can't find it. It was like, the GPS is like Georgia 215 next exit. <laughs> <laughs> like more than once. Jamie didn't hear that. Yeah, twice. <laughs> and, and like we're freaking out. And James is like, didn't even hear it. We, like, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, two more things. So uh-huh. if anybody ever needs a secret found out, ask Jennifer because she will work on it until it's found out. And second <laughs> I was so excited about this the whole thing. Like, oh. <laughs> Uh, and the second thing is uh, right before we had our meeting I had stopped at Andersonville prison in Georgia and I'm telling you what if anybody else is driving through just take 20 minutes get off the expressway and spend like an hour there it's um, Andersonville prison is the notorious civil war prison where all the POWs went Mm -hmm. and it's just uh, so moving to be in there so it's a historical wow. site. It's not like a live prison. I didn't, didn't know if you were no. going there. Yeah, I was worried that Rhonda had found a new boyfriend or something. So is it sort of like, yeah, is it like a somber kind of experience, like going to the Holocaust Museum, like that kind of an experience? Yes, it was somber. And they've got a audio tour that starts as soon as you pull into the um, parking lot. And you hear the story of how far these soldiers, they're obviously all union soldiers, POWs. They had to travel from like Michigan and Virginia and so far North And the drive is exhausting to go from Michigan to Georgia, let alone um, sick or injured soldiers being marched there to be a POW. And um, it was overcrowded by four times and men died from cholera and, you know, all those kind of diseases that could have been avoided if they had just had hygiene. And uh, anyway, yes, it's very somber. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Love it. Sorry to bring it down, but yeah, I no. know where to go now. Here. We're cracking jokes about you finding a boyfriend there. They're like, oh, yeah, sorry. Right. That. I've read, I've read books that that person has been in, like, you know, like historical fiction. Oh yeah. So, yeah. That would be cool to go there. Yeah. Yeah. I just got kind of lost in my brain thinking about a march of injured soldiers. I mean, like, how do you do pacing? Like, I mean, and, and like, uh, how do you be the guy who's like, come on stragglers? You know what I mean? Like hurry yeah. it up or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, injured people kind of, I mean, how many guys kind of fell off to the side and just died in the ditch? I don't know. It's just right. my brain kind of went there. That's why I got quiet, you know? Right. And, and to think that they were doing it to their American brothers, mm-hmm. you know, under orders, it's just, yeah, there's a lot to yeah. think about. And then think about when the war was over and the soldiers had to return home. They didn't have planes to fly home. Like they, a lot of them were just left to walk home. They, all, yeah, all they those, just marched yeah. back home. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So Piper says she was doing a lot of driving Miss Daisy this week, but did get more <laughs> words into book four. Good for you, Piper. And she also says, Tina, you look lovely today. No, thanks. Agreed. Maria says her what's up is been working on her fourth historical fiction novel, been chopping words and rewriting stuff and haven't finished the first draft yet. And then she laughs. She's yeah. yeah, She's working every day. Good for her. All right. So my what's up 
So I wasn't here last week because I don't know if the lady shared or not. I didn't even have time to listen to the podcast. I tried and then something else happened. And um, so we lost, we had a storm come through Sunday, the 12th. And um, it was a pretty bad storm in Michigan, but there was, you're not going to convince those of us in our area that it wasn't a tornado because they, they did not call it a tornado and no one came out and investigated it, but there was tornado damage throughout our area. We lost one of our big giant 40 year old trees. It took a chunk out of the middle of it, like up high. So our tree is kind of like this now. Um, And that's part of it still in our yard because it's just a big project and we lost power. And that was the biggest problem because we lost power, which meant that, um, and we couldn't get our generator work and we, uh, our basement flooded bad. And so for those of you that know, we moved in to this house about a year ago and the basements were the rest of the stuff that hadn't been unpacked yet. We're still in the middle of a remodel. And so, um, Luckily, didn't lose a whole lot. I did lose a box of antique books. Mm. I don't know who put it on the floor. Mm. I had everything up on stuff, but people keep moving things around because we're living here and trying to find things. And I lost that. I don't remember what else we lost. I try not to think about it. But it mostly was trying to, like, dry things out, uh, throwing boxes away, like cardboard boxes and taking the things out of the boxes. And It just took me over a week. It was horrible our basement still to me smells like wet basement it's just a horrible experience and then when i just feel like i'm gonna see the light of day early this week our septic started backing up into our basement water now it wasn't gross luckily because it was like we had just done a bunch of laundry and washed dishes so it wasn't like it was gray water right but it started pouring out in my laundry room but out of the ductwork, not pipes like some of the some of the pipes, but it was like coming down duct. I don't even. I still don't understand. Luckily, the laundry room is not finished at all. Like so, it wasn't like there was any drywall damage. But every all the laundry I had done, because you know when you move, like I didn't unpack like the baby blankets and stuff, and I didn't unpack like lots of the extra bedding or things that are like keepsake because we didn't have a place for them yet. So that's really what got what could have gotten ruined if I hadn't taking care of our basement right away. So all that stuff was clean and hanging up. So it wasn't on the floor. I learned my lesson and all that stuff got wet again. And it just, and then if you live here in Michigan, you know, we had this storm circling over us for like two days straight. It just kept circling and rain and rain and rain. And so I just, I'm over water. I'm just over it. <laughs> my, my husband's been coming home every night after work and going down in the basement. He's got this big squeegee thing mm-hmm. because our, our foundation is shifting. So it actually like it used to be all the water would run toward there's a drain in the basement and mm-hmm. all the water would warrant run, but now half the water runs this way and half the water runs toward the drain. Mm. So he's like down there pushing water mm. over the hump. So it'll go down the drain. Yeah. My, um, our basement was, it was over my ankles. A squeegee would not have helped. Oh, yeah. We I get had... like a half an inch to an inch every time it rains. Right. Mm down there as a child i loved our basement because i roller skated in it as an adult homeowner i don't think i ever want to have a basement. <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is is that the added in michigan first of all the added square footage is great and our we are luckily it's not completely finished and we that we will solve this problem because we're going to have a, a different uh generator and we're going to have a back a battery backup pump we just live in a very wet area i guess yeah um, and so um, we're going to fix the problem and it wouldn't have been as big of a problem if we had been completely unpacked. Let's be honest. Like the furniture is up on feet and everything, you know, it would just would have been a, a drying out period. But so that's partially because we hadn't completely unpacked. So that made it so terrible. But oh, well, so that's that's my what's up. Jason says, what's up? I've been trying to get better at showing versus telling. Sadly, I haven't been able to make much progress. It is it's an art. It really is. And the more you practice your writing, the better it gets. Would you agree, ladies? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's see. Liz says, I finally looked at my work in progress again after doing nothing for over a month. Yeah, well, that's good. good for you. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think she's a teacher and she's just getting back into the school routine. So good for her for doing something that she likes with her downtime. Right. Okay. How about you, Jamie? What's your what's up today? 
Well, once again, I have show and tell for what's up. I have a friend on Facebook I went to high school with who is Greek, uh, her heritage, and she posted this funny meme that was like, no, I will have some more feta, please. I show these big, massive chunks of feta cheese. And I was like, I think I have feta cheese in my refrigerator. So I went and got some feta cheese and I put it in the bowl with oil and vinegar and black olives. And this magical spice (gasps) is called Cavender's Greek Seasoning. C-A-V-E-N-D-E-R-S. Ah, you sprinkle it on feta cheese with olives and then you just put that right on some corn chips or on top of a tostada and oh my goodness it's just so yummy how i know about this is i used to work in a fancy restaurant that had a greek chicken salad and on top it had like tortilla strips Mm -hmm. and that's how i learned that like feta cheese with corn chips is just like Mmm, so tasty. So my what's up is to tell the world about Cavender's all-purpose Greek seasoning. You can send my endorsement check to <laughs> Jamie Hirschberger in Wildwood, Florida. <laughs> yeah, I am so in love with Greek salad. If you are not from Michigan, I don't think that it's the same anywhere else, but Greek salad in Michigan is just mm-hmm. so good. Every Coney Island, which if you're not from Michigan, they're called diners about everywhere else. But in Michigan, we call them Coney Islands. Yes. But all the good ones have a good Greek salad. And oh, mm. not, that's what I want for lunch. Thanks a lot, Jamie. I decided You're to go have a Coney dog yesterday for lunch. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about like, all of our podcast listeners, especially poor Maria, who have never had a Coney dog. It's sad. It's it really sad. We should start a fund for that. I wonder if Maria's <laughs> even heard of a Coney dog. And it's not a chili dog. It's a, there's a difference. Yes, no, it's you. not chili. Liz says that she's not a teacher, but her son just did start school though. Oh, so. right. We do have a, a we do have a chatter who is a teacher, but I don't remember who it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, she is. Yeah, she's um, not able to watch right now because she's professoring. She's mm-hmm. teaching, right? Yes, good point. Go. All right, all right. Great. Well, I'm well, glad that Liz got back to her work. Yes. All right. So back to, oh, Maria says, I'm guessing it's not the same as a corn dog. No. So a corn dog like is a raw. wonderful, fabulous thing, but entirely, yeah. different. <laughs> no. entirely different. I bought a corn dog maker. Okay. You this did. is totally off topic. But yeah, they I make know, these right? things that are like, almost look like a panini press, but you make corn dogs in them. What? Because for those of you who don't know, I don't do, I, I'm keto. So I don't do flour and I don't do, like, I'm very low carb. Um, but I saw these and I have these mixes that I can use and I'm going to try making some corn dogs like that are keto happy. Like I'm very excited about this. I also have a recipe for making stuff like garlic bread with the cheese in the middle that would be keto. Mm. So I will keep you posted. All right. So moving on. <laughs> totally now I'm hungry. I know. I know. I have a whole episode about Coney dogs. Mm. And I mean, they have to be Kogels or Kowalski's. Yeah, I'll do I've never either heard one. Of Kowalski, so. What? That's a Detroit. She's style. not from Detroit. I um, also don't hate me Flint friends, but I prefer Detroit style Coney sauce. But uh, my, mom, yes. my mom is from Detroit. That's how I was raised, and it is just so much better. But I shame on her. All right, today's topic. <laughs> let's move on because I am starving now. Let's get this done <laughs> so we can go eat. Um, today's topic is prepping for Preptober. If you are new to the writing game, if you are new to our podcast, you may not know what Preptober means. Well, in order for us to describe to you what is Preptober, we got to talk about NaNoWriMo first, right? So let's start off. If What is the first thing we need to do in order to prep for Preptober? Well, you have to know what you're talking about. We're talking about National Novel Writing Month. And if you abbreviate that, you call it NaNoWriMo. And that is November. Yeah, NaNo. Every November, writers take on the challenge of writing 50,000 words in the 30 days of November. And it's called National Novel Writing Month. And that's what we're talking about today. We're prepping for it. And so because NaNoWriMo happens in November and it's a pretty big deal for writers, October has become, the month before has become a thing called Preptober. And we have, ever since the beginning of our podcast, we have kind of done a focus on Preptober, but this year we're going to kind of really hit it hard in a different way. So we felt like we needed to prep for Preptober because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, next Friday's podcast is October 1st. How is that possible? I don't even know. Don't even know. 
Okay. So when you, what is the first thing? So we, now we know what NaNoWriMo is. What is the first thing decision you have to make um, in order to be prepping for Preptober? Oh, Are I you going to do it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't raise my hand. <laughs> I'm that bad student that just calls out the answer. All right, Tina, be the bad student. Say it again. You need, you need to decide if you're going to do it or if you're going to participate in NaNoWriMo or not. Because writing 50,000 words in one month takes up time. It is a big decision. And it doesn't mean just because you've done it in the past or just because all your friends are doing it or just because someone on a podcast that you listen to mm. says you should do it doesn't mean it's the right decision for you. Right. Oh. Hmm. Rhonda's going to disagree. She's going to say it's the right decision for everybody. <laughs> she might possibly be the person I'm talking about that you don't need to listen to. No, Maybe she just thinks everybody should try to be like us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Okay, so let's talk about, let's start right there. Are you going to do nano or not? Let's talk about, let's go around the circle. Let's start with Rhonda, since she seems to have a very uh, strong opinion about this. <laughs> I will be doing NaNoWriMo this year. Okay. With bells on, I'm going to just <laughs> ride it all the way through the month. All right. If we're writing um, in in a, like a, a hangout or something and you have bells on, you're going to have to stay muted. Just oh. saying. <laughs> well, that I, takes the fun out of it. I could get you like a Christmas elf hat that you could wear gonna, that has bells on it. Well, I was going to put them on the end of my ring. <laughs> <laughs> Tina. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I wish I had some right here. All right, Tina, how about okay. you? Have you made Have you made a decision yet whether or not you're um, going to? I haven't, but I've made the decision about how I'm going to make the decision. Okay, let's talk about that. So I am in the middle of editing book two of my series lost in in the land of the midnight sun series. And it all depends on if I'm done with the editing. If I finish Mm -hmm. the editing in October, like I'd like to do, then I will start, I will work on book three during NaNoWriMo. If I don't, then I'm going to have to rethink whether or not to do NaNoWriMo and adjust it for editing. Okay. And to clarify, you have already prepped the next book. Right. You yes. already have it out. So, I actually have like four chapters, four or five chapters written. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maria says in the chat, she says, I am planning on taking part. I have a story idea I've been working on in my notebook that I'm planning to outline ready for November. That's the theory anyway. Mm, <laughs> and, October and, is made for her then. Yes. And Piper says, I've tried several times and I've never won it by the 50,000 word goal. But my question oh, to yes. you, Piper, is how close have you gotten? Like, ha- yeah. do you find yourself getting more words written? Because if you don't, then that's different, right? But I'm just curious. So I'd like to see that in the chat. Yeah, I, just so everybody knows, there's no real prize for National Novel Writing Month. But you, if you write 50,000 words in November, you get to say you quote unquote won. And yes. that's what Piper means by winning. Anyway, right. go ahead, Jen. Right. What were you saying? Um, well, I was actually going to ask you next. Oh. So. Um, yeah. My question is, I guess I don't need to ask the question. Jamie, Could you repeat the question, please, Richard? <laughs> Jamie, are you going to do nano or not? Yes. Really? Yes. I was not expecting that answer. Well, because, um, okay, for quite a long period of time, I had a daily writing habit. And I believe that my writing improved tremendously through my daily writing habit. And I've been doing so much time editing and doing other aspects of the writing business that I haven't been doing much actual writing. And also because I felt this internal pressure to live stream every time I wrote, it added a dimension of, I don't want to write to writing. And so I want to have a reason to write every day Mm -hmm. and not also feel the pressure that it has to be a live streamed writing every day and just remind myself that writing every day is a good thing for writers to be doing and to be actually doing it myself instead of prescribing it for other people as a good idea because I used to do it once upon a time. I mean, if it's a good practice, it's a good practice for me too. So that's the really long answer to that. And I have more to say about future stuff on our outline. So I'll shut up for now. All right. Liz says, uh, I'm probably going to do NaNoWriMo. I've done it a few times before. I don't have a story idea, though. That's what Preptober is all about. Um, 
Jason says, I plan on it also. I keep falling short the last few times I have tried it. And then Piper answering my question says, oh, not close at all. But my first book started as a nano project. I got maybe 30,000 words done. 30,000 words in one month. Let's just stop right there. Okay. Let's just stop right there. 30,000 words in one month. And then she said, then dragged it out again a year later to add to it. See? Okay. So my answer is yes. Very similar to Jamie's um, is because I, y'all know life has been happening to me. Just spent about 10 minutes telling you guys all about life from the last Mm -hmm. two weeks. Um, Nano kind of makes me stop. It makes me not just me prioritize, but it makes my family prioritize my writing time. And not that my fa- my family is very supportive. I'm blessed and I know it. Um, but two of my books, at least two, right? Maybe three, three of my books uh, that have. So um, Searching for Anna, I started as a project, but I finished it in a Camp Nano project in a Camp Nano year. Uh, Avoiding Esther was a nano project. And so was that my fourth book, which uh, will be coming out next. It was a completely nano. I had it almost finished by the end of November and I finished it December. So I know that it is productive for me. And I know that that'll get me another book in the lineup of what I have coming up. So um, my, my first knee jerk reaction is, well, I'm going to take out book one of widows of the West and I'm going to finish it during nano, but I I've been praying about it and I think I'm not. I, I don't know if you guys, well, I don't know if you guys remember that back in the spring, um, maybe June-ish, I outlined the whole series. So I think I'm just going to skip ahead to the next book, start a fresh project. I found with Nano, if I have a fresh project, it seems to motivate me more. Have you guys found that with yourselves? Yep. That when it's something new. So I think that that's been my problem the past Nano is that I was trying to like finish up something. And I think that I just need to do a fresh project. I already know what's going to happen in book one, even though I haven't read it. I pretty much know. So writing book two will be fine because even if I have to change things in book one, I can go back and forth. So I'm not really too concerned about causing any problems by doing that. So I, yes, am participating. And I'm also so excited that all four of us are. I thought that was not going to happen this year. That's crazy. So. Well, Tina hasn't decided yet. Oh, she will. <laughs> Tina's real. I know. I know how to use peer pressure with Tina. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. I forgot that Tina said she's still thinking. She's about, wearing I her leather today. She's feeling rebellious. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just I gave up on fitting back into my black leather jacket from when I was 16. I kept telling everyone they were going to have to dig me up a year after I die. You can put it back on. Oh. <laughs> but um, so I just went and bought a new one. <laughs> Good time. All, right. All right. So if you decide that the answer is yes to that first question, whether or not you're going to do NaNoWriMo, then your next question you have to answer is what are you going to write for NaNoWriMo? So let's start with you. Let's go backwards, Jamie. Do you know what you're going to write for NaNoWriMo yet? I'm glad you started with me because the answer is kind of like, no. I mean, there have been a lot of, I call them marbles rolling around in my head uh, about what it could be that I'm going to write. And so um, we'll see what happens on November 1st. I've always been, I've been a notorious pantser. Um, and the reason I was reluctant before now to commit to doing to NaNoWriMo was because I'd been carrying around this idea that this year I'm going to outline something if I'm going to do NaNoWriMo and I'm going to give myself an assignment every day. Today I'm writing chapter two. Today I'm writing chapter three. And it's really just blocked me from committing to actually doing NaNoWriMo. So I feel like I have to like approach it like I always used to and get back to this feeling of like, I'm going to write a novel and allow myself to discover what that novel is in the right time. Because the pressure I've been carrying around internally to try to make these decisions or else I shouldn't commit has been keeping me from committing. So mm-hmm. I, I can't, you know what I mean? I know it will show up. I know the what will show up. I mean, there's many choices of what it could be. I just can't decide today. And so like, yeah. So, so, so yeah, that's where I am is I have to decide what I'm going to write. So that's going to be part of my preptober. Okay, good. Piper likes my idea. She says, Ooh, I'm working on book four, but have this idea for next series. And that would be a great new blood project. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling you. So when I think back, 
um, searching for, no, avoiding Esther, my second book, I was working on Phoebe's story and I put it aside just so I could start a new project. And I was able to do that. Also with the book four, I was writing something else and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna go ahead and write book four. And I was very successful with that. So I think that's what I need personally for making decisions like that. So I just want to point out Liz Hen says she's a pantser and she's not one of those people that gets hit with lots of story ideas. Liz, I kind of hear you because I feel like everything that comes into my mind is very much short. Like, oh, a story about blah, blah, blah. But that would be a short story. And I know that because I know how novels, you know what I'm saying? And so, Mm -hmm. excuse me, like, I'm kind of with you, Liz. It's like, uh, maybe I have whiffs of ideas, but nothing that's really feeling like the idea. Jason is the opposite. He says that he plans on doing book one in a series. If I get a lot of writing done, though, then I will start book two. Okay. All right. How about you, Tina? What do you think you're going to work on? Well, know? like oh. I said before, oh. if um, if I finish the editing of book two, I'm going to work on book three. Okay. And if I don't, then I'm going to, I might try to um, adjust my nano goal to, to finish the editing. Okay. All right. I haven't decided that part yet. Okay. What about you, Rhonda? Well, actually, Maria's last comment, um, she mentions trying out new genres or projects or whatever. I'm going to do that this year, um, but it's going to be an idea that I started outlining a couple years ago. Um, But I think I might take the mystery out of it for this um, and make it a romance because I've I've never done like a full romance. I and Yeah. So (laughs) uh, you better be happy, Jennifer. Yeah. Those of you can't see those of you listening. I'm very happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there'll be a lot of questions coming your way. So I hope. All right. I'm here for it. So it's no shock for me, for anyone that's listening or that's watching this, that I will be doing a romance. Um, And I, I toyed with the idea about going to uh, contemporary. I still have these two series. I have two series that I want to do that are contemporary, um, but I still have this Widows of the West that I really want to get done first. So that's, I am for sure going to do book two of Widows of the West. And I'm so excited because I can't wait for you guys to meet all these characters. Like, I know I still have to get book four out of my Love and Lansing series, but the Widows of the West, these characters, I'm so excited. Rhonda, you're going to love them. You are really going to love them. So, I already do. I already yeah. do. You only, and you've only met one set of characters. Like, yeah. I've just been able to find some great information about women in the West uh, in the late 1800s that I just are inspiring to me. And I'm just excited about the series. When so. are we going to the dude ranch for our writing retreat? I like know talked about to get oh, some real life experience out in, I don't know, out West somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how my husband will feel about me going to a dude ranch with a bunch of women. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> cowboy. Could you please, <laughs> he'll probably want to like be there too, which would be like totally not fun for us girls to have a girl trip, but yeah. Okay, um, tell me going to the Dud Ranch. Yeah, BB says, <laughs> Rhonda? Oh, yeah. Rhonda, no murder? That's what BB says. Oh, I didn't say that. I just said it was going to be a romance. I didn't say that she wasn't going to murder anybody. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, just not yeah. a mystery. Yeah, you better, you better hit me up with some questions if that really is what you're thinking. <laughs> so, you're going to write a romance with a hint of mystery instead of a mystery with a hint of romance. Oh, so, probably, okay. yes, probably. Yep. Oh, okay. As he handed me the shovel to help me bury the body, our fingers grazed. <laughs> <laughs> That's love. We knew it was love. There's probably a genre out there for it, for sure. Maria says, haha, Rhonda, I so feel that. Romance has always been a subplot for me. My idea is historical romance, oh. but I'm having a mystery plot, too. So um, I always talk about, we always talk about how mine's historical romance, but I was listening to a podcast. Oh, I can't. I listen to so many of them. I can't remember now, but they were talking with somebody who writes um I think it was a six figure, I think it was a six figure author who writes clean contemporary romance. And they've talked about how it's romantic suspense, which is what one of the categories that Amazon has automatically put me in. And I just kind of let it slide. And as she's talking, I'm like, I a hundred percent write romantic suspense and did not realize that because if you, mine is not just the mushy, you guys know this, there's always something happening. There's always some <gasps> things happening. And I just guess I didn't realize that because I feel like you need to have 
more. I think the book needs even mm-hmm. more than just he gazed into her eyes. It needs more than that. Like, well, especially when, yeah, when you write clean romance, you know, a lot of romance people pick up because they're interested in the steamy scenes. And if you're not putting steamy scenes in there, you have to have like stuff to fill in kind of plot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, uh, and of course mine also have a very strong spiritual component. That's, that's important to me. Um, so that kind of helps too, but Piper says, I think I need to re-aim my genre to a slightly larger genre with the new series. See, that's Hmm. something good about Nano. Try something new, right? And Maria talking about your book that you were saying, (laughs) Jamie, I'd read that. All right. So we all know kind of, we all know what we're going to write, except for Jamie. She'll figure it out. And she always does. And she's going to use prep. You guys are kind of talking me into a romance. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let's all write a romance. No, no. We've seen (laughs) Tina try. No. If you want to know why I'm saying this, go back to some of our early episodes. (laughs) Yeah, my uh, protagonist ended up being a murderer. So she killed her love interest by shoving him off a cliff. <laughs> that was my rebellion against romance. <laughs> it's not for everyone. <laughs> okay, so you decided if you're going to do nano. You decided what you're going to write. What happens next, ladies? Well, you look at your outline. <laughs> um, you have to gather your supplies. Well, first you have to decide your planning process. Oh, right. I missed. See, I didn't read the outline carefully. <laughs> so we are running short on time. Unfortunately, we didn't think it would take, but this has been a very fun episode for at least for me it has. But we talk, we need to talk about like what is your planning process going to be, which Fortunately for you, we're going to focus on that in October. Mm-hmm. We're going to be taking episodes and focusing. Rhonda is going to share her expertise on writing a cozy mystery. I'm going to share my expertise on, on plotting out a romance and so forth. So make sure you tune in to the Christian Indie Writers podcast all of October for us to help you with that. But once you decide on your planning process and your system, then you gather your supplies. So go mm-hmm. ahead. Take it away, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Well, for some people, it's an appropriate uh, sustenance. There are traditional food and drink that people need to have for NaNoWriMo. So you got to lay in all of that. Um, mm-hmm. If you're someone who does like Jen does and outlines physically with a big cardboard cutout, she calls it an isolation booth. She doesn't have mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, she needs to buy post-it notes. Some people use index cards. Um, if you need to get a software license for a software program, you probably want to learn how to use that mm-hmm. in Preptober, um, et cetera. Did I miss anything? Nope. That's good. I use both apps and, um, and physical. I don't know why, but I just, I need both. And so I use, um, Google docs to make, I have a, like a system that I do with, I have questions that I answer about the characters. And then I have, the outline in a table to where I can plug in the whole outline onto this table and then I can access it anywhere. Um, so that's, so I do both. Um, and then you got to figure out too, like a, like if you have a system, like, well, we'll, we'll probably talk about story genius and, and different options that you can do during Preptober, but mm-hmm. yeah. Did we mention the snacks? Yes, that was the first thing Jamie brought up was the snacks. The most yes. important, in order of importance, snacks. <laughs> I missed everything it. else <laughs> because Jennifer got me hooked on cherry Coke zero. Mm. I have the little eight ounce cans are like this big. They're mm-hmm. perfect. And sugar free version of Snickers. I know. See, okay. Not healthy. So it's healthier than what I used to do. I was hooked on wild cherry Pepsi and Snickers bars. And there was something about the way that like when I ate them, it was like, I'm in writing mode, right? My body was like, because that's what I, I did that at night when I wrote at night. This is before um, my life was the way that it is now where I can write during the day. Um, and I would do that. And then I, you know, got cancer <laughs> and had to give up all sugar. And um, so then I found Cherry Coke Zero, which I know is not good for me. And I've tried quitting it, but man, I love it. And then, yes, the the Stover, Stover's, right? Stover, mm-hmm. Stover uh, candy, Russell Stover. They yep. have a sugar-free little, and it's just like a Snickers. And so now the two of us, like, that's our writing 
bad thing. Yeah. Well, and another thing we didn't put in the outline is you should go sign up for the NaNoWriMo website because if you're looking for write-ins, um, I believe that Nano is encouraging virtual again this year, but you can find local writers that are in your region who are also doing National Novel Writing Month. And that's a really good way. If you don't have a writing group, we all met through a National Novel Writing Month write-in, although I think there were some previous connections between some of you. But um, look at the National Novel Writing Month region in your area and start doing that now and start reaching out to people now. And perhaps you could find a good critique partner for the rest of your life. Yes. And one last tip from our chat before we move on. Whoops, I hit the wrong one. Um, Liz says, I have an idea. I write a short story in the same world using the daily word prompts from Inktober. Mm. I don't know what Inktober is. We'll have to look that up, but thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, I like Inktober. It sounds like fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and that's not for tattoos, right? <laughs> that's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a question. Um, Maria mentioned H E A. I don't know what that Happily is. Happily ever after. Oh, of course. Of course. Yes. Yep. All right. So now it's time for us to transition into our feeding of the backs. That is when we share a piece of writing for critique from each other and give some great feedback. For those of you that are new to our podcast, we take 15 minutes before the show starts every week and we write with a prompt. A time 15 minutes, we write and then we don't edit. We don't look at it again. And then we share it here live because we are gluttons for punishment. And then <laughs> because it's not edited, we only share positive and encouraging feedback in this time period. It's not like a regular writing group, but it is something that is uh, good and healthy for us to do as well. And it helps to strengthen our friendships as well. So I'm going to start with uh, Jamie because she always picks on me. Jamie, All will, you right. sh- will you share our prompt and uh, share your writing today, please? Today's prompt is... Autumn leaves. All right. And uh, mine is nice and short. So good because we're short on time. Here we go. There won't be any changing of the leaves for me this year. I sighed, scooping the last of the feta cheese from the bowl and piling it on top of the corn chip I held. I popped it into my mouth and crunched down hard. It won't stay this hot forever, he said with a shrug, not even looking up from his phone. It's supposed to get down to 75 tonight. Ooh, a cold front. I rolled my eyes. I didn't even bother to wait for all the food to be swallowed before responding. Probably one of the first things that I'd long ago stopped bothering to do. Good behavior is so not worth it if unappreciated and unnoticed. 75 is shorts and t-shirt weather where we're from, in case you'd forgotten. There was no response to this, not even a smirk. After a heartbeat, though, he showed me his screen in some exploding star graphic. Finally beat that level. Awesome. I mustered a cheer for him, then went back to sulking about the hot and humid weather I'd have to endure for my birthday. I scolded myself. Wouldn't there be a ton of people back home eager to trade places with me to not have the breath of old man winter on their backs as they hastened to scrape the dead leaves off the ground before the weather got too cold, dreary, and disgusting to make such a chore enjoyable? I swatted away a mosquito and thought, they can have it. I hated living in the swamp. I hated showering because I felt I never really dried off afterward. I hated the rain because it only doused me and did nothing to bring refreshment to the air it had done back at home. Back home. I'd been miserable about the weather there, too, if I were honest. Maybe I'm just a miserable person in general, I thought. I shrugged. Who cared? No one noticed what kind of a person I was anymore. I said the right things. I did the right things. There was nobody to ask me what I felt about anything. There were people who said, how are you? But they wanted a perfunctory fine or my usual awesome. They didn't really want to know. I won't have any fall colors this year, I muttered to myself later as I washed the rest of the feta crumbs down the drain and flicked on the garbage disposal. But if I have my way, I'll get up north to see some again someday. Beautiful, Jamie. Thanks. Beautiful. Very short, but I stopped at eight minutes because it was just done. Right. Very emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I'm like, <laughs> I love how connected you are to your writing, too. So some people will just write and it's just writing. But for you, like you find something <clears throat> inside of you and you create a character out of it. Mm-hmm. And then that character becomes so real to everyone that is reading it. And it's just mm-hmm. beautiful. So, well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. What she said. 
<laughs> Piper, pretty much same thing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I get you, like, too, like, I love the seasons here in Michigan, but there is a part of me that's, like, in the middle of winter when it's the worst, and it's just like, why am I still here? Yeah, I mean, I only hated the gray sky. Like, I, when I'm honest, I never complained about the weather in Kentucky. I had all four seasons, and it didn't get just, like, in, in it's nine months of gray sky in Michigan. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's why I was grouchy about it. So, you know, um, complaining here, complaining there, whatever. I just need to stop complaining in general. (laughs) Shell says, Oh, Jamie, so emotional and deep. Maria Maria says, beautiful Jamie. We love you and your words. Oh, thanks. Yes. All right. Who wants to follow that? (laughs) I'll, I'll go ahead and follow it and get it out of the way. So way to fall on the sword. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Especially after you hear this, it's not a romance. It's just writing. It's what? Just yeah, right. <laughs> the brittle crunch. Sorry, the brittle crunch of the leaves long ago fallen from their original home, but left unattended by the homeowners that lived in the city of the tiny town I grew up in, will forever be a memory etched in my mind. We had trees in my house at the edge of the township, but they weren't as large. Daddy planted them when he and mama moved into the newly built 1970s ranch. So by the time I reached nine years old, they weren't much taller than our rooftop. The trees within the village limits were much older and much bigger. Thus, they had many more leaves to shed. Plus, my dad always kept his lawn swept. So there were never any dead, brown, crunchy leaves at our house to traipse through. So that was one of the joys of trick. So that was one of the joys of trick or treating in town. The piles Mm. of leaves. Some houses, it was like wading through snow. The piles were so high, but we didn't mind. It might have slowed us a little, but we had a little we had little time to ponder that when there were so many houses to hit for candy before curf- curfew. When I think back, I'm still amazed my mother, a usually protective parent, allowed us to roam freely every Halloween. Mm. Maybe it was because we lived in a, such a small town that she knew everyone, giving her a sense of security. Or maybe it's because it gave her an opportunity to spend an evening with her best friend, Carol, free of husband and children, grabbing, uh, gabbing and snacking on candy while she passed out candy to children who approached her door with the three with the magic three word phrase. After frantically racing from house to house, eventually the homeowners were starting to turn off their lights, signaling that trick or treating was over. It was then that my brother and I would head to the community center where the Lions Club had burn barrels set up. Free cider and donuts and hot dogs to roast were always in abundance at the community center. This is where my mom would meet up with us and take us home. Always my mom, never my dad. He always said he needed to stay home to pass out candy should anyone happen by. No one ever did. Not in the country where we lived. I think daddy enjoyed Halloween just as much as my mom did. Jennifer, that feeling of scuffing through almost knee deep leaves. Oh, that just put me right back into my childhood. Like it, that just that one sentence, man, I was there. Very, very well done. Thank you. I really relate to the dad. Like (laughs) everybody's out the house, right? They're gone. You just have the whole place to yourself or a little quiet. (laughs) Yep. My mom, social butterfly. My dad, total introvert. And so like it's all every Halloween, like I what it wasn't until I was writing this that I realized, yeah, dad never picked us up (laughs) ever. Like, yeah. So oh man, that really was I love that, Jen. Because the freedom of Halloween was like nothing else. I know, right? (laughs) I said we grew up in the country too. You couldn't trick or treat when your neighbors are a quarter mile apart. Agreed. So we drove in town. So yep. I grew up in Alaska, so we had to have costumes our snowsuits would fit. Our did too. Us too. (laughs) And our costumes, like I remember one year, my mom used to make her costumes. She made me the clown costume that was amazing. And I was sad because I wanted the Barbie costume that everyone else had that was just a plastic face thing. And then (laughs) this thin plastic, you just put your arms through, like Uh it was tied in back underneath your snowsuit. Like ridiculous. My mom's like, I'm done. I'm never making you another costume. And then like a couple years later, I was so sad when I realized how dumb I was. But yeah, we always. Always, always had to wear our snowsuits underneath. Yeah. Mm. Stretching through a foot of snow. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, we, we didn't have, well, sometimes we did, but normally it was just leaves. Sweet trip down memory lane, Jen. Thank you. Uh, in Massachusetts, you had to wear winter coats under it too. Yep. Cold, cold, cold. All right, Tina, let's go with you next. Okay. 
Um, I, I also want to say that not only do we have 15 minutes to write, we also have zero minutes to plan. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. I didn't get to where I want, even wanted to go with my idea. Like I didn't even get there. So anyway, welcome to my world. It was such a relief to be outside and not feel sweaty. There was something about the end of September that always made Samantha feel at ease with the world. The brisk breeze fluttered the ends of her copper hair and gave her cheeks the perfect pink hue. Her brown cowboy boots over blue jeans felt just right, and the chance to wear her favorite sweater with no coat always made her smile. The orchard scent tickled her nose, apples with the hint of autumn leaves and soil. She wished somebody would bottle that scent so she could spray it around her home. The leaves crunched and whispered as she made her way to the back of the orchard. The pumpkin patch was ripe for the picking, and Samantha took her time, looking for just the right one. She wasn't a big fan of pumpkin pie, but her mother was, and this visit was special. She wasn't going to open up some cans she'd bought at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. She'd make everything from scratch so it would be as delicious as possible. As she made her way back through the orchard, the wind picked up, blowing leaves up in little whirlwinds. One specific leaf caught her eye, plum-colored and perfectly shaped. She picked it up and carried it carefully by the stem. She thought about how pretty that leaf would look in a frame on the wall. She was sure she could find some great ideas on Pinterest to make it look perfect. Mm -hmm. Another way to capture her favorite season all year long. If she could find another like it, she could make one for her mom, too. She looked around, spotting a beautiful crimson one with little stripes of orange. As she bent to pick it up, the pumpkin slipped from her arm, knocking the plum leaf from her hand and then landing on top of it. Mm -hmm. Samantha sat on the cold, slightly, slightly damp ground and picked up her pumpkin, now smashed on one side. The perfect plum leaf was crumpled and torn. She smoothed it on her leg to try to make it whole again. Of course, this was how her life always went. Mm -hmm. Three, two, one. Oh my goodness. How could you do that to me? Oh, I mean, not negative, not negative, but in a very good way, because I was so happy for her and thinking how sweet and how nice and how, and then wah, wah. Oh, it worked. It worked really well. That moment is literally shattering for the reader and for the character. Very, very good. Thank you. Uh, that was great. And I would just like to say, Jason, get a copy of this. And look at all of her show, don't tell. Yeah. Wow. This is an exercise. It was so great, Tina. Agreed. Thank you. So good at that. And I would argue that like you didn't get where you wanted. Maybe you didn't get where you wanted to get, but I feel like it's a complete story. If you want to stop mm -hmm. just right there, I just feel like the shattering moment is there. I feel like that it like was a full rounded story. We understood the character and like it just was complete. Like yeah, yeah. I guess that was my point in the beginning that it ended up that way. Oh, okay. But what I because since we didn't have any time to plan what I had originally, like the thing, the thought I had at the beginning was not where I got mm, gotcha. when I actually sat down to write. So mm. Shell agrees. She says, yes, Tina, great shattering moment, literally physically mm. shattering the pumpkin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well done, Tina. Thank yeah, you. and I liked how she was thinking about her mom through the whole thing and just really like, oh, I could get this and mom would like it. It just, it really made me love that character. And it shows a lot about the character and it kind of makes me want to know more too. Like, why mm -hmm. is she so like, because I, I know my girls love me, but I don't think that they would be that concerned about me when they're out by themselves doing something like that. Right. So mm. it, it does. It gave a lot of depth, I thought. Mm -hmm. Hyper Grace says that was great. Thanks, guys. All right, Rhonda. It's your time. Okay. Right. Here's my 200 words. Children, today we are going to make a gift for our mothers, Miss Knapp announced to the class. The children, who had been mesmerized by their teacher's voice during reading circle, which ended a few moments ago, were now shuffling in their seats with excitement on their faces. A few kids, like Jimmy, were biting their knuckles to keep quiet, while others abandoned all rules and whispered excitedly to their neighbor. <laughs> Beth, of course, yanked her notebook out of her back pocket and scribbled on a few notes in her oversized but neat handwriting. Do you see how the trees aren't green anymore? Aren't the autumn leaves so beautiful? She clasped her hands under her chin and glanced out the classroom windows, which made she clasped her hands under her chin and glanced out the classroom windows, which made almost the entire west wall of the classroom. Rachel looked out the window and gasped. 
Standing before her was her favorite tree, a giant sugar maple. But instead of seeing the pretty green canopy that sheltered her during recess, it was now a glowing mass of fiery reds and brilliant glowing yellows. She faintly heard Miss Hudson call her name, but it was like from a dream. Rachel could not pull her eyes off her tree, even to answer her favorite teacher. As I got. My favorite part is the west facing window with the tree because my third grade class, as you were reading this, that was my third grade class. Oh, was it really? All the way down to the west facing window. I was just like, uh, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. It was well also me because like everybody is thinking about, oh, we're going to make a gift, but look outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I totally yeah. related to that character. It was like, that was, that was very cute. And I really love too, how some kids tried to be good by biting their knuckles and others just threw all the rules out the window, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Loved the little details there. Yep, this is a um, uh, creative nonfiction, and I'll, I will be finishing this. I awesome, was good. I think I my, my character, I my yeah. character could use some ideas. Oh, what uh, to do with those leaves? Okay, because <laughs> I was trying to think in my head, head, like, what would she do with it? I'm like, I have no idea. I would look on Pinterest. Yeah, <laughs> and what yeah. I, yeah, and what I really liked was that the little girl was like, even for her favorite teacher, like it's it's mm-hmm. not like the little girl's trying to be naughty and ignore. You know what I mean? And yeah, so right. it just is so awesome because it encapsulates what it's like to be a, a wondrous child, you know, uh, a child who just is captivated by the world going on around her and does yeah. not really understand, but things need to be done. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why? Oh, why? But things need but to be done, tree. you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, yep. right, yeah. That's awesome. All right, ladies. So we are running short on time, but we still need to do our what's next. Just like our what's up that we start every episode with, we do a what's next to talk about what we have coming up next for uh, our professional lives. Uh, Tina, I'm going to start with you. What's next for you, dear? I'm leaving on a jet plane. (laughs) Yay! Singing. But I know when I'll be back again. Oh. It won't be next Friday. So I'll see you guys in two weeks. We'll miss you. All right. Okay. Uh, how about you, Rhonda? What's next for you? Well, I'm leaving on a jet plane, except I'm just going back down to Florida for a short time and I'll be back. I will be here next week. But also while I'm planning nano. Um, okay. So I would be planning with one of these two books, which is planning any novel or planning a cozy mystery. Yes. Which are by DD Bowman available. By on Dee Bowman. Absolutely. Um, so during nano, I'm going to be working on the romance version of it. So that Ooh. is what is next. All right. Awesome. Um, hey, we have a new chatter. I know we're past this, but I just want to throw it up here. Uh, Danessa or Danessa says, um, it makes me wonder how Rachel ends up feeling about her green canopy turning to fire reds and oranges. Beautiful scenery. Agree. Agree. Okay. All right. So I'll go next. Um, my what's next is I need to get my house back in order. I hate to yeah. say that, but it's just like my life is like, when we sat down this morning, Jamie's like, oh, you're back in your office. I'm like, I just had to take everything and stick it in the hallway because like it really, my office is still really tore apart. Um, but so, um, but I really have to get back to editing book four. I got to get out, that off my plate. That is just like a weight around my neck and I just got to do it. So I got to find time. Uh, so after we're done here in the podcast, I'm going to um, um, feed my children lunch and then I'm going to spend the afternoon like not cleaning I'm not going to do any laundry. I'm not doing anything except for I'm open my book. Uh, nope, not doing that either. <laughs> oh, you should see my lawn for the tree that, that fell. Like, you just forget it. Like, Jen, I almost, even... yeah, I almost feel like Nino Rimo season is, is kind of like getting you back. To, like, I love my writing. I like, I mean, I feel like it's calling you to like back but to, we your... didn't talk about the nano curse though. Oh yeah. My nano. Oh, I have my a nano. God. Let's say yeah. it's all happening now. So yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you don't know what the nano curse is, I guess you have to go back and watch some old episodes because I don't we don't have time to go and do it now. But poor Jen is <laughs> cursed nano time, but we'll just worry about that later. Okay. Uh Jamie, you're last. Right. What's what's, yeah. next? what's next? 
What happens when a short story writer finally writes a novel? Well, soon you will all find out. I got my edits back from my wonderful two people who edited for me, and I am implementing those edits. I'm through 21 chapters out of 33 because I'm showing up diligently every day from 10 to 12 working on that. And I hope it'll be done soon, but then I have to think about how I'm going to market it and how am I going to tell everybody about it. And right now, the only vehicle I have to keep you posted is my newsletter. So if you head over to www.writingshorts.net, you will get a free copy of A Night's Gift, which is a short story that I wrote. And you will also get updates on when my young adult futuristic novel, Analog, will be available for purchase. You'll also get a free short story every month sent right to your inbox. So www.writingshorts.net to get all the updates. All right, great. And listen, don't worry about the marketing. You can't worry about things that aren't in front of you yet. I can only do today. I can only only do today. today. Right, exactly. Real quick, we're going to cover a few of the what's what next in our chat. Shell says she's getting a blog post done for Sunday. And then I guess got to decide if I'm doing nano. Yeah, peer pressure, do it. Everybody cool is doing it. Uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason says what's next. Right. Also work on planning for nano, looking around for plan ideas because none oh, of my plans have worked in the past. Yeah. Well, tune in, buddy. Well, if you want to write a more. Hit me up if you want to write a romance. That I can help with. Piper says, what's next? Webinar and becoming a book coach. Exciting. Maria, her what's next is write work words for historical fiction, continuing to look into newsletter stuff, other editing, and start vaguely thinking about October and nano prep. So all right. Anything else we want to add before we get out of here, ladies? All right. No, I need a Coney. Let's just do it. I need pumpkin pie. It's a story. Mm, Yes. Mm. I just found a keto pumpkin pie recipe. All right. Mm. So moving on. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. But this does conclude the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. So until next week, may your pen be prolific. May your deadlines be met. And may all of your words honor Christ. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.